1689 Saturday and uh, who can be in our club Nick who can be in our club <laughs> it's a very small club Mike me and you we're in it so far <laughs> <laughs> all right stay with us and we'll talk about that Who's, who's in our club? <laughs> All right, good question. So uh, I, I wanted to raise an issue, and it's I wanted to raise it because it's not in the 1689. So that sounds a little uh, like, paradoxical, but I think it's important. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's the issue of who should be a member in a Baptist church. You know, do should yeah. we practice closed baptism mm. or open baptism? And then the second question, the follow-up question is, should we have an open table or a closed table? So mm. let me start off by asking you, Mike, what is your present practice? Well, just before we go there, I just wanted to ask, uh, you know, just before I forget this, um, what, do you, what do you think the benefit of practicing open baptism would be? Open membership. Um, like I open mean, baptism. Yeah, baptism, yeah. Open baptism. Yes, yeah, so like you baptize people that aren't necessarily members. Uh, well, technically, every baptism is an open baptism because they only become members through baptism. Right. So but, that's not your question. No. That's just technicality. Yes. But do you baptize people who won't become members of your church? Okay, here's where we do do it. Um, we we say, uh, you know, we would say we prefer not to. Okay. Um, and But that's not because of any major, major theological reason, which is where this is all going. Um, it's more just a matter of going, you know, we want to keep baptism and being plugged into the local church membership-wise a, um, a strong, and we want to keep that connection strong. So, for example, if, um, if, if, if someone doesn't want to become a member, we'd, you know, we want to deal with that first. And, uh, you know, if there's some reason for it uh, that, that, that we can't sort of figure out or, or work out together, and it might be that the church down the road, let's say, is perhaps dispensational or something like that, and, you know, they want to be part of a church that's dispensational, then we'd so much rather just have them be baptized there just because then that event yeah. starts their um, their uh, time at that church, which works well, and they want to carry on a membership. And, you know, what's the point of being baptized here and then, you know, going to a different church, yeah. actual local congregation? I think, I think in, in principle, we're both against irresponsible baptisms. Yes, because yes. we understand that baptism is a sign which marks you off as belonging to a local church, mm -hmm. the visible church of God, mm -hmm. which implies that you ought to be a member in some particular local church. Yeah. And so drive-by baptisms or promiscuous baptisms that mm -hmm. don't have commitment attached to them, mm -hmm. um, that's not the biblical picture of baptism. No, it's not. It definitely isn't. And I think a lot of the kickback you get... Um, for for the position that we hold in that, you know, we'd prefer not to baptize those who, who um, you know, let me just say also, like in some instances we would, you know what I mean? Like we might have a close situation, close fellowship with another, like, you know, let's say, I don't know, you know, uh, a Christian is basically in uni at Wellington and they're going to head over to a Reformed Baptist church, you know, down the, uh, down in the South Island. And, uh, you know, that's still two months away, but they've come to Christ. They want to be baptized. Amen. You know, we're going to baptize them and, you know, we're going to move them on and they're, they're, they're going to be plugged in and, and stay part of the membership. We would do that. So it's not like we want to get too tidy-whitey on the whole thing. And that's where the whole, you know, I, I don't know, that's where I think our theology probably isn't driving this as much as just what you've, you've mentioned there, uh, uh, just a, a caution in wanting to keep 
bigger ideas connected. But um, what I was going to say also is that you um, you often like I think you know you see the people that don't like what we're saying, um, even about a cautious baptism. Um, or a cautious connection between those two concepts. Uh, they'll look at the New Testament or they'll look at, you know, what's happening in church history and they go, look, you know, Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. He didn't know which church he was going to, you know. And, um, you know, we should just baptize. Look, there's water. What keeps us from from baptizing you right now? Uh, and sort of, you know. The only one who wasn't baptized into a church, but he was in one sense baptized into church planting. That's true. So, that's true. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's falling into the age old trap of using, you know, a narrative to determine didactic, you know, you've just got to yeah. be, um, you, you just don't do that anyway. And so, you know, and you'll be broad. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you sort of left that train behind when I stopped being Pentecostal, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I mean, the, the key there, and this is, I suppose we got to establish this link first and it's hmm. the keys of the kingdom. And baptism as being administered by the local church. So yeah. it's not a personal devotional tool. Mm-hmm. It's not part of uh, a family uh, homeschooling family uh, lesson. Mm-hmm. It is something that is administered by the local church. The keys of the kingdom are given to the church for the purpose of administering the visible church. Mm-hmm. Amen. Where do you get that idea from? Uh, Matthew 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Right. And Matthew 28. As well, you know, the Great yeah. Commission is huge. I mean, people overlook yeah. it. I, I, you know, you you have this, um, you know, who is Christ telling? You know, that's the Great Commission: go and baptize, make disciples, right? And then, yeah. and then the disciples do that, and you see them doing it via, you know, baptism into a local church, and a very strong case for membership in that, in those opening chapters of Acts, and um, and. You know, they're only doing all of that because that's what Christ has just commanded them to do. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a church commission. It was given to to the fledgling church with its proto-elders, you know, and 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 church officers. And, um, you know, those sorts of things have to be taken into account. Amen. Yeah. So that brings us back around to our topic, and that's the issue of baptism and membership. Mm. Now, in the early church, these two things were the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's only on the, because of 2,000 years of church history, mm-hmm. and differences of opinion and fallibility and ignorance and tradition and all sorts of things creeping in that we have since separated baptism from the point at which you were accepted into the visible church. Mm. Um, so they have since become separated. So now here we are. We are wanting to be biblical. We want to put things back together. And so we're confronted with the question, do we practice an open membership where we admit both credo-baptists, those who have uh, confessed their faith and been baptized as an expression of their faith, as well as pedo-baptists? And what we mean by pedo-baptists is not Roman Catholics. We want to sort of limit it to a very responsible small group of Reformed people who have also been confirmed, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not <laughs> biblical practice, but they've confessed their own faith and their yeah. confirmation, yeah. and so they own their baptism in their consciences, their consciences are convinced that they have obeyed the command to be baptized by owning it for themselves, by mm. confessing their own faith. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do we want to have an open membership mm. or should we have a closed membership? Yeah. Well, what do you guys do? Well, we're a closed membership church, Man. but we're an open table church. Yeah. Okay. So you're not a strict and particular Reformed Baptist. No. 
So particular <laughs> means uh, particular redemption or limited atonement. Yeah. The stress so you're, you're is, particular. You're a particular Reformed Baptist. I'm a particular Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not strict. Yeah. It just reminded me of, um, I think it was Errol Hulse um, who was telling the story. He, uh, one of those guys, but he was just saying like, um, you know, how they all used to be called strict and particular Baptists. And uh, yeah. they used to have that signage on, on like the church, you know, somehow in, you know, in those old buildings in London. And uh, there was this one church that had been kind of, you could see it, it weathered the storm a little bit and it really old building and it just had become a little bit dilapidated. And the, um, you, the, the, the big iron gates, you know, as you walk in, so not very friendly as it is, you know, just in terms of yeah. its, its architecture. And uh, the word uh, for the word particular had fallen off the sign. <laughs> so, <laughs> and even like the Baptist was very faded out and you just, <laughs> you just had this word strict, <laughs> the strict church. And it just had these iron gates and he was just like, guys, we've, we've got to work on our image. <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to try and change this. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, so, it reminds me of a story. My in-laws went to England and they went to a very strict and particular church. Yeah, And everyone was dressed in black and they went into the church service. It was very awkward and quiet. And someone came up to them and said, we think you should leave. We think you'll be more comfortable somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. You mean like there's no punchline? That was it? That was it. What? Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. (laughs) That's majorly crazy. That is the legacy of John Gill right there. (laughs) Man. yeah. Back to our uh, question. Okay, yeah, yeah. Open or closed membership? All right. So, yeah. No, we are open as well. Um, closed, you mean? Open I mean, uh, yeah, sorry. Closed uh, closed membership. That's right. Yeah. So, we, oh, <clears throat> although that that said, I mean, like, let me say this as well, just to tr- try and keep it um, as, as uh, ruffled up as possible. If we were in a situation where we were the only Reformed church in the city, you know, um, or like even us. gospel preaching church in the city. Yeah, like a little bit like more like you perhaps. Um, certainly not like Wellington. I mean, there, there are at least four or five within the greater city region that you could travel. You know, no matter where you lived, you could make a mission to get there if you really wanted to. Um, and they're well distributed. You have Presbyterian, Reformed, Anglican, Baptist, you know. So it's just you got your pick in that sense. Um, so for us to to even go there is just, I don't know, It's just it seems unwarranted. But, you know, if I really would feel for, and I would try and make a case for, for some sort of arrangement, you know, even if it's not ideal and maybe it's even temporary, um, until perhaps a church can be planted or something like that, that doesn't keep, you know, genuine godly believers that have differed from us in uh, their position uh, on baptism itself from, from actually being a true part of the the fellowship of believers at a, at a local church level. So, yeah, that, that's, and you know, so all I'm saying there is like, I hold yeah. it quite loosely. I think, I think you and I probably disagree there, but interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So talk to me. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I suppose we've got to lay a bit of a groundwork. Mm-hmm. So you and I would, 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 would agree that baptism, the Lord's Supper and church discipline mm-hmm. are all linked. Yep. Baptism is the entrance ordinance which defines the local church. Mm -hmm. It is that which Christ gave to the disciples by which we say to the world, we are the disciples of Christ, we are the church of Christ. Mm -hmm. This is what this is who the community are. So baptism draws the line and separates you from the world. Mm -hmm. The Lord's Supper would be the um the sign of ongoing fellowship between you and Christ and you and the church. Mm -hmm. Um covenant renewal. 
you know, just reveling in the covenant promises, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then church discipline would be the exit ordinance, that mm-hmm. once you have denied a credible confession of faith, mm-hmm. then you are separated from the table, mm-hmm. and so you would be removed uh, from the membership. Mm-hmm. And so these three things are linked. And so yep. you know, as I've wrestled with the question, you know, <sighs> baptism is the entrance ordinance, Lord's Supper is the fellowship ordinance, church discipline is the exit ordinance, it's almost like a case of which one do we change, which mm-hmm. we have to almost give on either baptism or the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I've, in my own conscience, I've had to say this, look, I think that baptism is the entrance ordinance. It's the defining ordinance, the one that by which the world knows that we are Christ's disciples. Mm-hmm. And because not allowing a Christian to partake of the Lord's Supper equals church discipline, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've chosen a happy inconsistency yeah. because I think I think closed a closed membership, where only members or members of a like-minded Baptist church should partake of uh, communion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. Yeah, that's. I, but I agree that's logically consistent. Mm. And if baptism is the entrance, Lord's Supper is the ongoing fellowship, and mm. discipline is the exit, then Amen. That's a good consistent view, and I applaud you for your logical consistency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at this point. That's consistency within the context of the visible church. But what mm. about the invisible church? What yeah. about the yeah. people who are actually saved and in the church of Christ as well? And so I've had to choose my inconsistency yeah. and say, close membership, but I'm going to make the concession and I'm going to embrace and celebrate and fight for the inconsistency of my Peter Baptist brethren. And mm-hmm. I'm not every Peter Baptist, I don't want, I'm not talking about Roman Catholics, but mm-hmm. Reformed mm-hmm. brethren. Yeah. Uh, coming and joining us at the table is a sign of their fellowship so that I don't <laughs> give them the sign of being cut off. Yeah, well, again, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, I would I would basically, everything you've just said, I would repeat and just say we've drawn our lines slightly differently. But yeah, same idea, exactly. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to be really consistent about it, um, you, yeah, it's going to be strict in particular. You know, that's yeah. the bottom line. And there is just, it's something, you know, it, it just doesn't feel, it's it's not that, in a vacuum, you know, I would say, fine, that's all good. But as you just said now, yeah. I mean, in, in the, re, just in light of uh, bigger issues and the reality of the situation, it, it like the, the the weighting of the various theological points becomes us to think uh, think through the thing at its intricate level. And, and just to, even if you come up with something messy um, and, you know, just full of tension for a little bit anyway, um, that might be a better outcome than just, yeah, effectively moving into excommunication at a functional level, you know, <laughs> which is just much, much more serious, you know. Um, so one of the things we do in our, in our, at our Lord's table is because we've got Peter Baptists in our congregation, but some of them have been baptized as babies, but not confirmed. Mm-hmm. So That's even a good within point, yeah. the, with the, even within their own system, mm. These people have not confessed their own faith. Mm. And so we say this. We ask that the children of believers who've been baby baptized but have not yet come to the point where they have owned their own uh, faith in a pu- some form of public confession of faith, that mm. they not. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm totally down with that. I think that's excellent. Yeah, and and we we say this to them: if you feel that you are convinced of your biblical of your position on baptism and that it is biblical, come and speak to the elders, mm-hmm. and we'll try and sway you, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but if we're not not bully, but just present the case uh, as winsomely as we can. Yeah. But if you still don't agree, then let us 
give you the permission to come to the table responsibly because it's our charge as the elders of the church mm. that we guard the table because we're guarding the identity of, of, of the visible church by guarding the table. Right now, you've opened the table and we're, we're okay, we're, I mean, I've, mainly the question there often has to do with what, you know, visiting visiting Presbyterians, you know? Uh, yeah. What if John Calvin vi- visited the church? Would you keep him yeah. from the table, you know? No, we yeah. would not. Um, and, and, and standard Beth, phrase is if you're in good standing with your own church. Yeah, you know, that's you're true. You're welcome. Now, what about those who are without a home church and, you know, perhaps have had to leave and they, they, they need uh, a church? Uh, would you allow this at an ongoing level? Um, or is there some sort of cutoff point? Uh, I suppose I need a bit more information on the on the specific case before I could give a comment. Right. Oh, do you want me to make one up? <laughs> 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 I mean, I could do that if it'll help. Uh, it would be difficult to make a, a general universal rule that would fit every single scenario. Unless right. I, know I suppose where I'm going with that and where I would start feeling a little bit uncomfortable, and this is where it gets into, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, if we were the only... Reformed Church or even Gospel Preaching Church, I think I'd definitely feel the, the heaviness of other doctrines to weigh on the situation and, and work work it out. But, you know, as I said, you know, we're, that's not the case for us at the moment. Uh, it's, we're, you know, if you're, if you're coming to our church service, um, you're coming to a Reformed Baptist Church. That's, that's basically what you've chosen. Yeah. And that, that has certain implications. I mean, at the end of the day, while we would allow for an open table, um, if if that became a regular thing, and those people were interested in um, in, in in attending GraceNet permanently, um, I, I think our, our position would shift towards a closed table. And in this sense, we just leave it at the discretion of the elders, and um, you know, just be a matter of of having to investigate why it is that that person yeah. d- doesn't necessarily want to become a member, you know, and and is that reason good enough? And is the mm. reason for them not going to a church in line with their doctrine? Uh, good exactly. enough. We don't, yeah. we don't want an open table to be affirming them in their apathy. Yeah, exactly, which it could very easily do. And I know that's one of the big arguments against it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, it's a complex issue, isn't it? It almost reminds me of, you know, what we're heading into and just in, in general, you know, just, just culture today, you know, where you've got, you mentioned earlier that in the, in the beginning, you know, to be baptized was to be included amongst the church and that was the end of that and off you go. And then you have like, Thousands, uh, thousands of years that um, that make it so messy, and now with denominations and everything, it's such a different ball game and so intricate. Um, you know, it, it just means that you you have to process things at a at a much more um, nuanced level. You know, much in the same way that perhaps we'll have to do with unbelievers coming into church. You know, uh, you got gay marriages and adopted kids, and uh, you know, you break up the family unit, and you know, everything's just going to have to get messy at some level. And we're going to have to let doctrines, you know, be compared to other doctrines. Um, and that's weighting those doctrines and getting the most important things right is pretty much all we got at those points. Otherwise, we're going to end up just drawing a circle so closed. And yeah. so tight that it's just, you know, it reminds me of what you always say, uh, forced consistency is the hobgoblin of a little mind and a little church yeah. at the end of the day. It's not really yeah. that, that, that fruitful, productive. I mean, here's how I'm approaching it. I think, I think you need to stress the ideal. You need yeah. to know what the ideal is. You need to not lower the biblical bar for what we ought to be all striving towards. Mm. Mm. But in our striving towards it, are we showing grace and charity and putting up with the ignorant and the weak and the immature? Yeah, yeah. And so that's where I believe an open table is my concession. 
Yeah, concession is a great word too. Yeah, and, that's what and it is. Glorious and happy and celebrated inconsistency. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's an inconsistency. And it's glorious and happy because of the greater things involved. You know, you're, you're making you're making way for what you know is a very really, really important thing. Ultimately. Exactly. I mean, yeah. in my mind, I've got these two bubbles. The one is the visible church. The other is the invisible church. Yeah. And if I only define the membership of the local church on the basis of visible, credible confessions of faith, mm. and I don't allow it to be informed by who is truly regenerate and has the Holy Spirit, mm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only working with half the information. You know? Yeah, yeah, so totally. They've yeah. got to be mutually informing to some extent. Totally. Yeah. Not to the extent that we wipe out the visible church mm -hmm. based on credible confessions of faith and the keys of the kingdom are to administer the visible church, mm -hmm. uh, which is the difference between Baptists and the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman yeah. Catholic Church says that the keys are exercised by the Pope to yeah. the invisible church. So they can close heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. But we don't believe we're doing that. We're, we're defining the visible church with the keys. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a different issue. Mm. It's interesting that what we're talking about now has not been the, it's not been held by many Reformed Baptists. I mean, you got John Bunyan, and uh, he's pretty John much. Bunyan. I mean, like, like Jim Rennie doesn't even think he's a real Reformed Baptist. He's just been disowned. <laughs> you know, he's been. Well, he dissed. died before 1689 was published. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. There's that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, who else? I don't think anyone else. I mean, you know, certainly those old school 1689 fed guys were all super strict in particular. Um, yeah. But John Piper has an open position. John Piper doesn't even believe in covenant theology, bro. Yeah, it's not really a Baptist, then. Eh? No. Well, he's a Baptist. But <laughs> a little. <laughs> the R is getting a little, little lowercase there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So, hey, well, anyways, I mean, I suppose that's it. You've got to, I think we are, well, I remember talking about this with a few guys and, and you know, they were, they were quite, you know, hey, this is not Reformed Baptist. And I'm like, you know, so what, at the end of the day, uh, that's not where my allegiance lies. It, I, I think sensible theologizing is a lot more, a lot more important than just, you know, adhering to yeah. some traditional. I mean, uh, in all honesty, I'm trying to be consistent with the gospel. Yeah. You know, amen. So. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. Amen. And there's something about... Big tent's always going to be messy. It's just how it rolls, you know? Um, you know, what is that one proverb? I probably, it goes something like uh, uh, a clean, um, a, a barn or a, a barn with no cattle is well, always clean. Or a dirty trough or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I love it. Because it's just, that's it, you know? Like, it, it, it's all good and well. You can keep things real clean. You just got to get rid of the freaking animals, you know? And, then, uh, and then you'll die because you got no one to... You, you got yeah. nothing, you know. If you want, if you want a barn house full of animals, you've you, you got to just you've just got to deal with the mess, you know. And um, and so big tents always messy, but there's something glorious about it. It's it's awesome. When well, talking about John Piper, what I've always appreciated about him is the way that he had just amazingly. Um, and you know, other guys have done this, like Tim Keller, maybe is another guy. Um, you know, they've walked that line that have ke has kept them from being parochialized, um, yeah. and. I'm so thankful for that because otherwise they would not have had the influence that they've had. And that's been a good thing that they've had that influence, you know, but it, they could have drawn their, you know, crossed their T's and dotted their eyes really carefully and so closed themselves away from everyone else and, you know, kept their theology all perfect and neat and everything. And no one would have known about it. Um, you know, it's, there's a messiness that needs to come from this stuff. So there we go. There's your, uh, there's your wisdom for the week from psych Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, cool. Is that a wrap? Sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us, 1689 Saturday. Now, don't not go to church. For heaven's sake, do it. And um, and then also, you know, become a member for crying out loud if you're not a member. <laughs> and get baptized. And get Come baptized. On. You know, like what the heck? Are we Is this like, this is not a podcast for dummies. You know, go and do it. Get it done. Okay. All right. Just do it. Just do it. See you on Monday. Mm-hmm.